Hello and welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. Uh, I'm Declan, I'm here with my co-host Roger. Hello. Hello. And uh, this is the podcast where normally uh, we write a song in a week and uh, bring it on the show and uh, discuss it and uh, discuss all the influences, how we wrote it, uh, what we might want to do with it in future. This uh, episode, episode 148, slightly different. We're in the middle of a challenge, or we have been reviewing being in the middle of a challenge that we did in the past, uh, but presently talking about. (laughs) (laughs) We're not in the middle of a challenge. We are the side of a challenge. We kind of were in a challenge, but now we're not. But now we're in the middle of the review of the past in the present. Nothing to do with the future, though. uh, And it's very challenging. Very challenging, getting the tenses straight. Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Where we write 14 songs each throughout the whole of February. Uh, And this is actually the halfway point, uh, song seven and eight for each of us. Uh, Uh, Are you feeling confident about yours? You know, it's funny. I was actually looking at mine today and I was thinking, I get more confident about them as the month goes on. I think I started out weaker than I finished, if that makes sense. What about you? Uh, well, that's good. That's sort of showing a progression, isn't it? I don't know. I think the two songs that I'm going to be bringing to the podcast today are very atypical of me. Um, hmm. So uh, <laughs> with that, with that, uh, like enticement for you, uh, for you out there, I went very West Country for a second. Um, shall we? Uh, shall we start off the show? Yes. Why not? Let's hear your first. Um, why not? <laughs> uh, I forgot what you said. A normal. <laughs> God, that wasn't even what you said, was it? <laughs> let's hear your song. Let's hear your song. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is my seventh song out of uh, fourteen. Uh, this is uh, song number three of the batch that was composed in twenty-four hours. The seventh song overall. Um, uh, this one is called "Stay in This Moment," and it goes like this. <laughs> Moment all of the night in 
the small of the morning to the break of light. Let's stay in this moment, not worry about how tomorrow will change things. Let's live in the night. Moment all of the night to the small and the morning to the break of life. I stay in this moment, not worrying about how tomorrow will change things. Let's live in the now. Let's stay in this moment all of the night to the small and the Okay, that was Stay In This Moment. That was uh, Declan's seventh song of the February Challenge, The Halfway Point. I love it. It's smooth. <laughs> it's a really great With song. With a capital that. smooth. <laughs> <laughs> also, can I just say right off the bat, I love how you end on a non-resolving chord here. Um, thank you. Uh, it, uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, technically, it's um, the fourth of the scale, and it's a major seven version of it. So yeah, it's like l- nicely ambiguous. Just so like, you, s- uh, yeah, you said this this song was quite atypical for you. I think I know what you mean in that the tone of just the delivery and the vibe of it is quite different from what you normally do. Is it, there anything very, else that feels different for you? It's very soft. It's very intimate. Um, it's also like built around that running up riff. And it's quite, it's slow. Mm. That's because anyone who's heard me on the podcast before will know that I tend to bring fast, shouty songs. Like, uh, actually recording this one was a bit interesting because I, uh, like, the song's meant to be sort of done in a bedroom voice. And it's kind of like, I don't do that very often. (laughs) So, uh, like, (laughs) not quite an idea where to pitch it because you can't just go, can you stay in this moment? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would kind of that would kind of kill the vibes slightly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, with, with a song like this, you can't like yell it or anything. And also, I love the fact that your lyrics are about sort of like slowing down, take your time, you know, enjoy the evening while it's here. And the music is sort of doing the same thing. It's kind of like taking its time to get from chord to chord and everything. Really nice parallel there. Yeah. Um. Thank you. Um. It's kind of it kind of started off. I did have another song idea with that first line can I keep my head on your shoulder uh, it ended up being something quite different but I scrapped it before I got to properly like sitting down with a guitar and working it out uh, so at this point in the month where I think I said yesterday it's like the 25th and the 26th is the 24 hours where I wrote all of these um, I was running out of time so I thought right I've got that idea it's getting late I can't do any like big shouty stuff at the moment so let's try this one and see where it goes which is kind of why that riff is almost built around there can i put your head can i put my head on your shoulder mm. so it sort of it forms out of that and then uh just that chorus is like taking the first two chords which is one to six in this case e flat to c minor uh repeating that pattern uh 
one degree up the scale, so that's uh, second to the seventh F minor to uh, D diminished. Uh, and then cheekily working up three to four, four to five, G minor to A flat major seven, A flat major seven to B flat, like just keeping that ascension going, which is quite nice. That ascension, I think, is one of the real assets of this song, uh, because obviously you establish that groove, which which feels very um, minimalist in the verses and that, and then you kind of keep the same groove, but the fact that it kind of climbs that tonal ladder really lends itself to, um, well, enjoying the song, I guess, for lack of a better term. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it lends to a good experience for all. Um, On a graph of yeah. uh, X being my enjoyment of the song and Y being... <laughs> <laughs> it was a definite trajectory upwards. We Why can, do I try can, to overcomplicate everything? We can draw a line of Beth's fit on your graph, surely. <laughs> surely. Uh, so to speak. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I suppose it's a thing like when you're... When I was writing it, I realised, oh, right, okay, so this is going to be the same kind of low groove the entire time. So we're not going to be changing dynamics. We can't get away with, like, a very similar chord sequence, so it has to do something quite different. Uh, which is why the voice gets a bit more, not high-pitched, but, like, a little more presence to it, as opposed to, like, the slightly breathier tone in the verses. Hmm, that makes sense. Yeah, just... I think contrast is important, and um, the fact that you had limited options as to where you could go with making some contrast in the piece of music, I think, uh, is interesting. Because, like you say, you couldn't really kick into something huge or aggressive. Couldn't like without... put the fuzz pedal on then. <laughs> <laughs> Although music is an ever surprising thing, you know. Maybe you could do that, and you'd be like, "Oh my god, I just invented a new genre that's like romantic grunge or something." <laughs> Romantic grunge. <laughs> oh, that might be that might be a title. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, seriously, I mean, the fact that you kind of kept on this low key. Who was it you compared it to when we were listening to it? John Mayer. It is very much that sort of like lilting, nice feel. Uh, did, now that sort of style, because it's slower and more soft than you're used to writing, was that a challenge in itself, or is this just the way it came out? It's just the way it came out. Like I had that first phrase for the first line of the verse in my head uh so derived the riff from that and then that's just kind of where everything kind of sat really because mm. i knew what that first line was about so i knew the overall tone what the lyrics were probably were going to be and then uh yeah that uh sort of informed the the, the chord choices for the rest of it if that makes sense Right, yeah, that makes sense, of course, yeah. Cause it's it's almost like uh, like you when you sort of say uh, you write uh, the words and the music at the same time, so one informs the other more directly. This is like the closest I've got to that, I think. I think that makes sense. I think for me, sometimes it's an element of laziness of like, not laziness exactly, but once you have that initial lyric tied to the melody, which is tied to the guitar riff, you kind of got a good start on the song, haven't you? Yeah. Like, you know where you're going. You've got a destination in mind. Yeah. Which, uh, and, uh, sorry, yeah. I was just going to say it worked out in this one's favour, I think. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Can you talk about the bridge a little bit? Was that written afterwards, or...? Um, There isn't a bridge. <laughs> There's a uh, little guitar solo bit. Um, But, like, I couldn't think of where to take it next. Uh, I've, uh, Like, uh, the... 
the the words have a basis in reality and there weren't any more words to be written if that makes sense uh so is a case of just filling that space with the guitar solo which i think really works you know in that sort of john mayer vein of of production yeah yeah it fits but it fits because there's like nothing really more to say this song is actually very light on lyrics there's only like 12 lines in the entire thing i think sometimes less is more with these type of songs you know like exactly yeah it's it's succinct i did what i, I said what i wanted to say and exactly like I said, that's the reason there's a guitar solo there, rather than trying to think up of something else for a bridge. Sometimes I do get that impression listening to, um, you know, songs on the charts or whatever, just as I'm in the supermarket, where I go, they've written a bridge here, and it's got lyrics in it, which don't really add to the narrative of the song that much. So I think sometimes just leaving it be is um, is really the way to go, like you have done here. Yeah, it's like uh, it, there's value in leaving space in things. Oh, yeah, definitely. I completely agree, yeah. Um, so as far as extrapolating out the lyrics and making them fit the song because you said it was based on a true series of events is this one that kind of involved a little bit more sort of um embellishment or storytelling or was it just kind of like a straight telling of a real experience um i i, I think it's emotionally true <laughs> yeah i get you way. i get you I, I definitely have that in a lot of my songs as well just like where it goes this this delivers the right message you know just for how it feels yeah it's uh yeah there's there's no major deviations there's no like where i've said in previous weeks like oh person x said this so therefore i had to write the song about xyz it's like no this is uh is just the thing that happened it's just straight up romantic romantic vibes that's all that's all that's going on here <laughs> no i really yeah. like it this is this is a fantastic song and uh, I can Thank I can you. only look forward to what you're going to do with it in the future because I can see this being produced in a myriad ways. I don't know what I would do with it. Like I think the key thing is that it would have to be a live band recording it, mm. just to get that feel of people in a room together. If that makes sense. I, I don't think this is one you could like multi-track up because there's very little multi-tracking to be done on it anyway. Well, if you put together that live outfit to record this song, please ask me to be a part of it, because this is a really good one. Sure thing. You can be second tambourine. Yes! My dream comes true at last. <laughs> no more third tambourine for me. Um, <laughs> Soon you so... might make chair tambourine. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, a guy can dream, can't he? Um, so the first song I'm going to uh, show to you this week is my eighth song, and then I'll play you my seventh one afterwards. Um, it's um, kind of an upbeat country ditty and it's called The Shape I'm In and it goes like this You look so familiar Well I see your face before and now back at school can't remember but, but, I, I, but I I know your temper A fire into the chairs of every real man by the inventor You really got to let my life begin You must have seen my type of shape I'm in I'm never satisfied with anything 
Roger's uh, eighth song of uh, of the February challenge, the shape I'm in, and the shape you're in is a good one. That's a great little song. That is <laughs> really quite like it. Although I was, I did say to you as we were listening to it, like that is a Fratelli song. Like I put some electric guitars on that and a cool rock <laughs> beat behind it. That is a Fratelli song. And I basically again, have... if 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 you record it like that, please have me in there playing something. I'll take third triangle. <laughs> so there's going to be a lot of triangle in this song so we're going to need a good trio or quartet that's just going to be like a break giant... in the middle <laughs> we'll have a guy with like a big bass triangle and some people with tiny little ones uh, have you no... seen my triangle darling <laughs> <laughs> now that's an episode title um <laughs> but no yeah it's it's definitely in that it's definitely in that fratelli's type of vein which i didn't think until you said it and i was like oh my god you're totally right but it's um, like upbeat country like a doom da, doom da, doom da, like sort of stuttery groove to it like uh, yeah yeah I'm definitely right now i'm still to that groove i really <laughs> like it you can see why it's so popular in all sorts of songs bluegrass and country and stuff like that because it's a it's a really good way to start a song off this would be a great one for you to play live, I think. Yeah, it's definitely making its way into my set at the moment. I played it at a gig yes. um, a couple of weeks back, and um, it's it's one that's kind of good to start off the second half of the set with, because it's just so... It's like, a, I'm back, energetic. baby. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And also, even if I'm feeling, like, um, reserved or shy in my voice, like, just doing this sort of, like, just rips your chest open and you have to go yeah, for it. Yeah, you were know? going for it, lad. You were going for it. <laughs> well... I don't know if I said this on the previous episodes, but once I'd recorded my songs, I put aside a couple of days in at the end of February to I booked out the recording space I use and I just spent the day just like bashing the songs out like as loud as I could and particularly with these, you know, more upbeat ones, just having like that that room to just really lean into the performance and see what I could get out of it. So so, yeah, it's amazing. Like the things that having a space to do that will bring out of you, as opposed to like if you record in like your bedroom or something, where you're always got to be a bit more cautious or a bit more like you're a bit more self conscious in a bad and a good way about like the tones that you're producing. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think I've kind of learned to record quieter here because. You know, I because I am self conscious and because I don't want to make a racket. So I found the only thing I can really record effectively vocal wise in my room is backing vocal, like really quiet backing vocal stacks and things like that. But yeah, you can't belt it. I mean, you could, but you know, you might get some complaints. 
Yeah, suddenly on the recording you hear like a big thumping on the ceiling or something. <laughs> yeah, which is weird because I live in a bungalow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, as far uh, as... Sorry, go on. Oh, I was, you were about to make a point. Yeah, I was going to say, so as far as the sort of genesis of this one, it did really start with that boom, that sort of beat. I think I was listening to, I actually tried to look it up before the show. Um, I was listening to John Prine and there's this live, almost, I think, a bootleg album of his that's floating around the internet. And there was this song where it had that rhythm and just every, and you know, obviously live and everyone in the band was really on fire. And just listening to them groove on this beat. Every chord movement worked over this, and they were only using like one, four, five, maybe six, or something like that. And this is one of those songs as well, where it just I limited myself to that rhythm. That's the backbone of the entire song, and then simple chords. So you, it's in G major. Um, so you're going G major, B minor, B flat minor, A minor, D, and it basically goes around like that until you get to the chorus, where it goes A minor D, A minor D, A minor D, um, and then you repeat round, but. So once I kind of got that groove going and the chords, you know, it's like you were saying with having your um, first lyric in your head. Um, I had the same thing with this one, really. Once I got that groove going, uh, you know, I recorded a drum loop and kind of was playing along to it on guitar. And I had this line, you look so familiar. And I was like, that's the start of the song. But who looks so familiar and why and all that sort of thing. So, yeah. Why do I have cause to be seeing this person again? Are they actually the person they look familiar to? Are they just a random thing? What does that say about my character? What can I use to inform the songwriting process? <laughs> yeah, these are the questions we ask ourselves as songwriters. Uh, but, um, I thought rather than kind of go too intellectual and complicated and whatever deep with this one, I thought just make it like a song about one thing. And that one thing is trying to communicate your discomfort to an insensitive person right so we've all been there it's just one of those songs that's like universal we've all been in a space or a situation or an event with someone where they're just kind of not really understanding what you would like the situation to be like they're kind of steamrolling ahead you know and it's just sort of saying you look so familiar have i seen your face before when we were back at school because it's, it's kind of being it's a song about that ambiguous feeling of like that person we all know who has been like that at one point if that makes sense yeah, just like uh, that, that person who sort of dominates by sheer existence and you just think, I'd rather not, thank you. And they seem to have like got you in their sights. Yeah, exactly. You're kind of like trapped in their claws for that, for that moment or something. Yeah. This is the point where you say, and it's about you, Declan. <laughs> <laughs> the real title of the song is called... No, no, of course not, no. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I mean, there's really no. This I think you've said this before about lyrics, but there's really no, nothing you know, fancy going on here. It really is just a song about that frustration, and I kind of honestly... like the fact that the frustration builds to that ending point where like it just pauses on that, like again on that unresolved, uh, thing. Thank you. Yeah, that was a quite a, a moment of like just inspiration with the pen in my hand, sort of thing, and you know, I thought what I thought I'd do was like stop there and then you know because so i stop before i go too far and then kick back into more bluegrass upbeat fun but instead because i say so i stop you know i thought that's a perfect time to actually have the music mirror the lyric before i go too far almost like sort of like it's almost like you're in this like 
feverish seeing red angry state for the whole of the song dun, 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 dun. and then so i stop before i go too far and all of a sudden you snap out of it and you're kind of like in the cold light of day again i suppose that was the feeling i was going for yeah that's that's really quite effective i really like that thank yeah. you yeah but really this one i said at the beginning of the episode i i got sort of more confident with my songwriting as i went through just because i was doing it every day sort of thing and by this point i was like i think it was around this time that I just kind of like lightened up and I was just like, I'm just going to have fun writing and I'm just going to kind of play around and just have a blast and write some stuff that I wouldn't normally write. And this is a good example of me just having fun playing the guitar and singing. So, Yeah, it comes across like uh, you really let yourself go in this one in a good way. Like, uh, yeah, I, it, it is odd. Like, I think I had that last year where it's just like, right, I've done my two or three serious ideas, like... I'm now mm-hmm. just going to focus on just trying to write a song for what it is and trying to enjoy them more. And I, I tend to find the ones from my, the later half of my run last year I quite enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. it's are, almost Are you like finding a, that yeah. to be true? Definitely, yeah. Um, I think it's a twofold thing, kind of like you just touched on, where towards the latter half of the challenge, I mean, my, my neurons are firing, my, my sort of songwriting muscles are kind of kicking in and active and that sort of thing so it's much easier to just sort of pick up the guitar go to the piano and come up with a groove so on one hand the uh experience of writing becomes a lot easier and then on the other hand like i say just enjoying it more just being because i think when you first go to well when i first go to write and uh there's a temptation isn't there sometimes to be like i'll write the same sort of song i normally write in the same sort of emotion and the same sort of vibe and rhythm and i think when you really open up and you sort of let yourself have some fun the results are sometimes a bit shocking where you go, wow, I didn't realise I had a bluegrass song in me. Yeah, it's uh, those moments of like, I didn't think I could write one of those, but I can. Okay, that's <laughs> yeah. another tool to add to the toolkit. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And particularly as like the, the result was a fun one to record. I mean, you know, some some songs don't need to be, you know, world changing, just need to be a bit of fun. So anyway, that's that's my one for song eight. That's really quite nice. And I do I do hope you do something with that in the future. Thank you. Yeah, I'll I'll send you a mix um off air that you can hear of. I've got like the basic. I've got like drums, bass, and maybe an acoustic guitar or something. But I'll send Ooh. that to you. But anyway, enough about that. How about your eighth song? Uh, okay. So this is uh the eighth song of um uh my February challenge to write fourteen songs in the whole of February. Uh, so this was the first of the batch of songs that I wrote on the twenty sixth. So. Uh, the morning after uh, writing Stay in This Moment, this is the first thing that came free from my fingers. It's called Get Yourself Together, and it goes like this. Got a feeling I got it now. You and me, we gotta work this out. Saw you looking, I caught your smile And I know the thoughts behind your eyes Get yourself together, come on, won't you hit me up? Won't you come on over, boy, give me what you got Get yourself together, we haven't got all night Get yourself together, get it right So 
tell me that you're unaware of what's between us in the air. Come on, why deny yourself? We know each other and we know it well. You get yourself together. Come on, won't you help me up? Won't you come on over, boy, and show me what you got? Get yourself together. We haven't got all night. Get yourself together. Get it right. at the end though that was get yourself together declan's eighth song of the february challenge um can you please tell us why you were laughing during that recording of this really good song um <laughs> it's because it this is a song that is very un me uh like i was just <laughs> laughing at the absurdity of like how i was trying to perform it um this is kind of the point in the month where like at the start i had like up to the previous song, I had like a rough idea of what I'd recorded uh, and what I've written. And now from this point onwards, it's a genuine stab in the dark each time I open up my phone and listen to it and think, right, that's what <laughs> I recorded, as evidenced by this song. Um, uh, I can only assume that the reason this riff made it to completion is because it would have been the first thing out of my fingers and I just wanted to get one out of the way. Mm. Um, the the riff is okay, but I feel it's quite similar to riffs I've done before. Uh, it's kind of like my default, if I'm trying to play like a bit of a funky, groovy thing, that's my default tempo, my default kind of movements. So I, I wouldn't investigate that one too much if you cross-check it uh, with uh, the... <laughs> previous songs uh from previous years um uh i i can tell you why it's called get yourself together is because yes, uh, uh just i have been re-watching porridge recently and one of the quotes from that show that sticks in my head is uh rent free is just uh one of the sort of more stern prison officer mr Mackay. When he has to reprimand the softer prison officer, uh, Mr. Barraclough, he always just goes, "Pull yourself together, Mr. Barraclough," and uh, just the slight Scots in his accent, and just uh, "Pull yourself together." There's always that inflection. <laughs> so that just sticks in there rent free. So I would have got the riff, I would have got the chorus, and then it would have started off being "Pull yourself together," do 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 do. Um, before obviously changing to get yourself together when uh the context of the song changed i have no idea why it's written like this this requires <laughs> like a singer that has like an air of sexual confidence about them and like a bit of a hey yeah cool like well, see, uh, this is this like, is what surprised me when i when i first listened to it before the show like 
I I heard you sort of getting into it and putting on a voice almost, and I was like, Declan's really owning this vibe, you know, the, the vocal thing. And then you laughed I, in, the, in the in the instrumental bit. I was like, oh, he's like laughing at it. I thought you were like, I laughed because I was putting on a voice. <laughs> well, it, it convinced me. It convinced me. Um, <laughs> the 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 lyrics are entirely made up. I can tell you that for now. Um, <laughs> oh dear. Um, they're also very slightly out of my range. You might notice that I'm struggling on those verses. That's going up to a G in the vocal line, and my top note on a good day is an F sharp. So thank you, past me, um, for, for giving me that to sing on air. Past you as a You're jerk. A, past me as a jerk. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that that that's about as much as I can work out from this song. For some reason, this is much more wordy than the one I actually like. So go figure. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting the impression from your your tone of voice that you're not like the biggest. I don't see you producing this up, but I I would encourage you to. I mean, it's got a vibe. I keep saying vibe. I actually don't even like the word vibe. <laughs> I, An it's aura. Got, it's got an or it's got it's a got presence. A, a presence yeah exactly presence I was gonna say and um that that your other songs don't and I think that if you were to produce this in a sort of more unconventional experimental I don't know poppy way or something like that you know could be a really interesting what, production tell you what if I ever guessed on one of your winter tapes this is the song I'm bringing <laughs> I mean, you laugh, but I'm now actively considering that as a possibility for this year. So, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think my big hang up with this song is that I'm the wrong singer for it. Like, I wouldn't mind maybe giving this song out to someone else. Someone sexy. Someone who can command that kind of presence on stage. You know who I think would be a good match um fletcher james i think he's got the voice for it oh i'm, I'm seeing him on the weekend i'll have to let him know that you said that <laughs> don't, don't tell him i said you were looking for a sexy singer though because that's not what i meant <laughs> <laughs> no it's no just... <laughs> that's the way i'm going to phrase it exactly <laughs> you'll be like have a dictaphone in your hand listen to what roger said just click play <laughs> it'll be all cut up so i just say sexy like nine times <laughs> Hello, Smithers. You're quite, quite good, good at, at turning, turning me on. You should probably just ignore that. <laughs> uh, you should probably just ignore that. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, oh, sorry, I did. If I was the one who derailed this a little bit, I'm sorry. Is there anything else you wanted to mention about this one? Or was it quite um, a sort of one and done, start the I day think, off with a song type of thing? I think this is yeah, just to start the day off with a song kind of thing. I pray, I pray to goodness that uh, the next few are going to be uh, songs that are better. Um, you say that as if you I, have no control or memory of the situation at all. I don't. I genuinely can't remember what the next four songs sound like. Like a stranger's just going to email you four MP3 and you'll be like, well, let's see what we got then, even though you wrote it like two months ago. Right, let's put it this way. Of the six remaining songs, I can remember vaguely how one of them goes. Vaguely. <laughs> mm. I, I, to be fair, actually, all jokes aside, I know what you mean. Just kind of, even coming back to the demos, I'm like, I'm either like, this song isn't half bad, or I'm like, what the hell was I thinking that day? Yeah, I had like both of those experiences with my two this week. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> 
Oh dear. Well, um, the next one I want to show you is my seventh song, and just for warning, I listened to the demo before we we um started, and I was like, okay, this is, it 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 delivers the information of the song, but it's not my proudest demo moment. But anyway, it's called "Oh Be Yourself," and it goes like this. So be yourself. There are those who can't no more. Oh, be yourself. They no longer know the score. So be yourself. So be yourself. For there are those who cannot be themselves no more. When I was a little boy, somebody tried to hurt me. They'd smack my ass across their bended knee. They told me I'd resent them when I got a little older. But no one gets to choose that shit with me. So be yourself. Got yourself so tangled up in something and familiar And now you know the bones that I can't read So be yourself When you ain't got no more to give So be yourself When you have lost the will to live So be yourself Cause there is no one else I'd rather have beside me now So be yourself But there are those who can no more So be yourself Oh, pick yourself up on the floor So be yourself So be yourself But there are those who cannot win the bell no more For there are those who cannot be themselves no more For there are those who cannot be themselves no more like that ending i'm keeping that in uh <laughs> oh that was that was roger's uh seventh song uh oh be yourself and true to your own advice you were yourself and you wrote a fantastic song i really like this one it's like <laughs> no. a, it's got that slight country vibe to it but like it's open enough that you could do quite a lot of things with it i like the sort of simplistic's the wrong word but the focused chorus of it uh with that nice little turnaround at the end there um, what well, uh, you uh, said before that you weren't too happy with the demo of this one does that extend to the song as well no I think the actual the pain of not liking the demo is actually increased by the fact that I do like the song so it's like here's this song Declan and it's like by the way don't pay attention to the performance at all <laughs> a bit of a double edged sword I mean I'm sure this is a given rule whenever we send any uh, stuff it's certainly a given assumption whenever I send you anything <laughs> Well, that ain't the case. That ain't the case with your stuff at all. But um, but yeah, I mean, with this one, like you said, there's so many things I could do with it production-wise and directions. It's almost like there are too many options. Like, I'm not quite sure what to do with it. I'm kind of thinking like a sort of 
grab a 12 string guitar and like layer that up with a few other six string guitars and just make it a really broad acoustic mix with lots of vocal harmonies but then you know it could go drums could go different directions i think there's kind of like a nice 70s glam rock thing in there with that like repeating chorus and that sort of be yourself message and like uh even if it's ironic it's like uh like the sort of thing that would make a good like uh everyone singing together kind of chorus yeah definitely i think gang vocals are um are definitely on the cards for this one um i'll start talking about this one by just saying what it's about um I went through a stage in February where I got um, really into the work of Rick Mail. Uh, rest in peace, Rick Mail. He uh, sadly died in 2014. And uh, for those of you who don't know who Rick Mail is, he was uh, a comedian and actor in things like he's, Bottom uh, and The Young Ones. He's Lord Flashheart in um, uh, Blackadder is where people unfamiliar with his work are most likely to have seen him. Yeah, true. And uh, Drop Dead Fred was a big Hollywood thing for him in the in the 80s. Um, but but yeah, I I got into into back into his work, and um, I also uh, started watching a lot of his, a lot of the clips of his interviews, TV interviews on YouTube and things like that, and those were the things that really got to me the most because he's he's a weird guy. You know, he was a weird guy, really really like naturally funny, but certainly an unusual individual. And what I loved about seeing him on these shows is that. He was odd and bizarre and unconventional and made a lot of, um, you know, TV hosts uncomfortable. But he was so loved and he, he cracked everybody up, you know. And then, of course, I was reading about his 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 death. And I was thinking, like, he can't do that anymore. He can't make people laugh like he used to anymore. And it's almost like he's, you know, it's up to us, the living, to kind of like, you know, life short you've got to kind of be yourself and you've got to do uh do the stuff that even might feel uncomfortable i guess is the message of the song but yeah rest in peace rick mail it's about him really hmm that's a kind of an interesting angle to approach uh kind of approach the song from it's kind of also it it it's obviously relevant to the lyrics but it's not coming across as a rick mail tribute show <laughs> yeah <laughs> we really like bottom we like the young ones and the stuff you did with Aid Edmondson. <laughs> yeah, no, that wouldn't be any good. But, but yeah, I think uh, I think you wouldn't know it's about Rick Mail unless unless it's kind of stated like that. But that general thing of again, this was around the point in February where I was trying to have more fun and be more sort of like relaxed with my songwriting and everything. So this one, rather than kind of being about maybe a more gloomy look at life this one's much more sort of open and like you know i guess i also was kind of thinking about um my younger brother and sister and just like almost having a song for them in a way or like a song directed to them like you know life is supposed to be mm. fun you know get out there sort of thing so yeah making the most of what you have uh whilst you have the opportunity to do it yeah yeah definitely i, th I think it's important that's, and, that's good. That that makes me want even more for you to do this as a glam rock song with that kind of uh, that kind of attitude to it. Glam rock song. We need to we need to jam this out at some point because I'm not I'm <laughs> I I'd like to see how it could go glam rock. I'm quite excited by that idea. But anyway, like, that's a, a very seventies rock idea. Anyway, but uh, yeah, no, I do, I do really like this one. I like there's a couple of little breakdowns in it as well, like uh, uh, particularly the uh, is it the bridge section. Yeah, like that descending yeah. little guitar bit in there. 
Yeah, that's um. With this one, it's kind of like um, opens with the chorus. So be yourself. Blah 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 blah. For those who can't know more, and um. Then you got the first verse, kind of standard countryish first, but first verse. Then you got the second chorus, second verse, and then when it would go into the second chorus, it actually goes in with the same lyric to the bridge that it would to a chorus, if that makes sense. So it goes, so be yourself, but rather than going back to the tonic of the song, it goes to a minor chord instead. So rather than going to um, D major, which would be the tonic, it goes to the two, which would be E minor, and then it starts circling through the circle of fifths uh, quarterly, so it goes E minor, E major, D major, G major, C major, B7, E. And so now you're in E major, and then it repeats the chorus again. But that whole bridge section was kind of what kind of elevated it in my mind from a song that I liked to a song that I I, I thought had a few different dimensions to it, because it actually starts to talk about things that are a bit um, darker or, or more gritty or real or what have you. And then it kind of like resolves with that more positive chorus. So I don't know. That's kind of the shape of it anyway. Ah, fair. Like, uh, yeah, you kind of need a little hint of that in there, don't you? Just to sort of come back from to go back to the chorus. That like with that more straightforward, uplifting thing. Hmm, definitely. Yeah, you need that contrast. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I do really quite like this one. I do love on your demo, so I'm just gonna start off uh, by saying, like, it, it's, I th I think it's funny how it starts off just in a bit, slightly posh, just very very slightly <laughs> clip British, and then you do go ever so slightly more, ever so slightly more country as the song goes on. <laughs> when you were a little girl, somebody, <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> like uh, John Prime was clearly having an influence then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think if there's one person I was listening to most this month, it was John Prine for sure. Oh, and also Blur. Yeah. I went through a Blur stage, but we're yet to come to the Blur block of songs, and they're it'll be obvious. <laughs> it just suddenly like a whoa when I feel heavy metal. It's like no, Roger, that song already exists. <laughs> yeah, but my one's called Song Three. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Oh dear! But no, yeah, that, I mean, I thank you. Yeah, I mean, it, it was nice to get to this point where all of a sudden the songs became more loose and fun. And I don't know, I just I wanted to kind of see what would happen if I really let go of that feeling of, uh, I don't know, like, I've got to make a good song. You know, that feeling of just like, I've got to have something presentable and everything. What happens if I just completely let that go? And that I think the second half of the month was an experiment in that for me. Yeah, it's not about getting the best song in the world out. It's about getting something out. It's about having created one more thing. Definitely, yeah. And we said this for the past few weeks, but letting go of that expectation and actually just having fun playing music, ironically, yields better results quite a lot. Yeah, like just relieving that pressure off yourself. Like that—that's a godsend. Um, what kind of what kind of uh, time in February would this be for you, if you can remember? Oh god, now you're asking. Um, probably around the ninth or tenth of February, um, something like that. Ladies and gentlemen, a man who is much better at timekeeping than his co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I the thing is, I'm so. Uh, what's the word? I procrastinate so so much with things like deadlines that I actually have to make myself do the opposite, like. 
I kind of sat down and wrote myself a plan because I knew that otherwise I'd just leave 14 songs till, you know, December the 28th and I'd be like, oh no, no, I've got to write 14 songs. So I really tried December to space December the 28th? Out. How long were you planning on doing this challenge? Dude, I told you, I procrastinate. <laughs> 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 they'll, be, they'll be ready in 2045. So, you know. um, But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. But then at the same time, I didn't have to move house, so, and, oh, and city, which you did, so. Yeah, I mean, that's no excuse, sir. (laughs) I think it's a plenty I really do like, I really do like this one. You say you're recording it, or like, uh, getting it prepped for recording it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've made, um, grids or click tracks or, um, you know, whatever you want to call them for all of these songs in logic so that if i want to develop one it's not too hard just to kind of like open the project everything's like already set up so i can see where the verses and choruses are and just play around but <clears throat> this one i'm yet to actually start tracking in earnest because i've been working on um other ones recently like like the shape i'm in and another day in the doghouse from um the second episode of the season so yeah i'm kind of working my way through them ah fair fair well, I look forward to uh, definitely a shape I'm in. Also, this one as well. If uh, if you do decide to do it, yeah, I think you've got a pair of really good songs here this week, and I congratulate you. Yeah, you likewise to you as well. Um, yeah, oh, I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm liking seeing how both of our songs are developing and the different approaches we're taking as as the month went on. You know, it's interesting. Whereas my approach at the moment seems to be very much. Uh, Throwing whatever at the wall and seeing if it sticks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're honest, both of us are doing exactly that every single time we sit down to write. So <laughs> it's just just throwing stuff at a different angle that I'm talking about, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. What's been on your uh, What's been in your headphones uh, this week? Sorry, I, I, hear, must, I hear you I clicking. Pro- you hear me clicking. I've got to uh got to get to my table. Um He's got a table, what? folks. I've got a table. Right. I've only got That'll a chair. Be... First chair in the tambourine orchestra. But um But um Oh we should put a uh, tambourine <laughs> thing instead of the symbol. <laughs> <laughs> um What have I been listening to? Uh I'll just run through everything that I can remember properly. Mm-hmm. Uh Eli Hurts album, ouch, Eli Hurts. It's all right. Um, Jordan Hawkins foreplay. That was quite good. Uh, UTS to album, Drive. Listen to that at work uh, at, when I had to stay late. That was. I've heard a couple of songs fun. from that. What did you make of it? Is it your kind of thing? Uh, I, I I got on board with it. Like I must admit, I've been listening to the um, song "Hot in It" for ages. Uh, uh, the Charlie XCX one, which um, I've been debating trying to do a cover of that live, but like with my voice, like rocking it, popping it, shake my ass, look hot in it. Looks. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you were so sort of like um, reticent about your own sort of like vocal performance on um, on that one song where you were laughing, but then with this one, you're like, yeah, I could cover that easy. <laughs> just lean into the voice. Well, just it would be funny. Uh, Future Ex-Boyfriend, FXB, that was quite good. Uh, Geordie, Boy, um, that's kind of it's fun for what it is. I quite enjoy it, but it's not going to set anyone's world on fire if you're not into that kind of thing. Um, anything else? 
Anything else? Anything else? Anything else? Anything else? New Magdalena Bay was all right. You yeah, seem to be about, listening to a... a lot of like very, very contemporary music recently. Is that like a conscious choice? Um, it's me trying to catch up on my tidal listening. Uh, ah. Hence why they're all from 2023. So I'm not really going back and checking out many of the classics at the moment. That makes sense. Well, you and I are at odds with that one then because I have just discovered a classic or rediscovered a, a classic. classic. A classic. I have been listening to the album Jazz by Queen. That's a very good album. I quite like that album. It's almost as if Queen are my favourite band. I know, this is probably zero news to you, but um, my my younger brother Dorian made me a playlist of his favourite Queen songs, and it features a lot of songs from jazz, which is an album I kind of like overlooks, and I was like, eh, it's not for me, whatever. And I never really gave it attention, but when he sent me this, I just ended up listening to jazz. Uh, and it's incredible. It's just such a great, strong rock album. And also, they're way more like experimental in a more sort of like, I don't know, new wave style than they were in you know even a couple of albums before yeah it's very much um news of the world and jazz are both very much that getting back to basics kind of a bit raw but still queen so it's a million million harmonies as opposed to a billion billion harmonies <laughs> um like yeah I, I i do quite like some of the things on that like uh i think uh i prefer of those two i prefer near the news of the world but like jazz has got some great stuff on it. I mean, any album with Bicycle Race on it and Fat Bottom Girls mm. and Don't Stop Me Now. And like, uh, let me entertain you. Oh, let me entertain you. What? Yes, song. yes. Um, which one does into earlier as well that I... Mustafar oh, yeah, as well. That's a great opening that plays with like production. 100%. Mustafar's incredible. And that, that sort of um, Eastern scale singing and the um, Allah prayer song, fantastic. I didn't realise... Uh, I forgot it was there. Also, If You Can't yeah. Beat Them is a fantastic song. That's very pop rock. That That's a little little cheesy one that I quite like. Jealousy. What a beautiful little song Jealousy is. 100%. It's gorgeous. Oh. I mean, it's just great. Yeah. And also, like, you know, we've said before about... Um, I think we both agreed that the production on Carol King's Tapestry is kind of like the golden standard for... You know, like a seventies production of an album. I think this kind of well, fits that's the it, bill for, for a singer songwriter, definitely. Mm, mm. I think this for me is that, but for a four piece band, it's just it's very raw and gritty, but it's also detailed. Yeah. It's like a really cool mixture. Oh, dead on time as well. I just remembered that's on that album. Oh, what a I know. song! I've got the that um, riff. I know it's incredible, isn't it? It's just it just goes really hard. I'm just looking at the oh, track list I... now. The whole thing is just top to bottom really good. Can I just uh, share my favourite fact about Dead on Time? Is that there's a thunderclap at the end. Uh, that was recorded by the band. Um, and if you look at the liner notes, it'll say all um, uh, all instruments played by the band. No one played synthesizer. Thunderclap courtesy of God. <laughs> Which I just love. That's a Aww. liner note. <laughs> that is one of the best line in it I've ever heard. I love it. <laughs> Courtesy of God. Oh, oh man. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, it's one of those albums where like, it just floored me when I re-listened to it and it's going to be one that will be in rotation for the next at least week or two. Um, oh, I'm going to have to listen to that again. I know, I know. I mean, I, I listened to, um, I went for a walk today 
and it kind of started again and fat bottom girls came on and i had the headphones up loud for a, for a change because i don't normally when i'm near the road and i was in the park and i <laughs> the chorus kicked in i literally had to like sit down on a bench and just take it in it just floored me it was so good just and I, you know full volume of the harmonies coming after that drum fill from roger taylor just oh, chef's kiss yeah and just like the tone of the guitars on that single just really really cool like uh yes. they're sort of still that polished creamy brian may sound but they're just one degree dirtier I really like that. <laughs> that's a good way of describing it yeah um i think i'm gonna have to revisit news of the world now you've said that that's you know just just better in your eyes so. uh yeah no i mean the two albums i like very much but if i had to pick one it would be news of the world mm, mm. i'm just i feel like such a fool that i dismissed jazz for this long it's just stupid <laughs> i think the trouble i think the trouble with jazz and a lot of bands tend to have this problem is that it's not that it's a bad album it's that a lot of albums around it overshadow it either in a positive or negative light. So for jazz, you've got you're coming off like the Marx Brothers albums, uh, mm. plus News of the World. The game was a big success because of another one bites of dust, and then you've got the quite low reception of Hot Space. So all of the other albums around it have higher levels or lower levels of engagement or like or stronger emotions. Whereas jazz is just kind of, it's there doing its job and it's fantastic. And in, an, in another band's catalogue, it would be like quite well respected. But it's mm. just surrounded by few other albums that maybe like aren't quite uh, like appreciated as much. It's like uh, with the Beatles, like uh, Beatles for Sale isn't a bad album. It's a good album, but like it's surrounded by... Uh, the two movie soundtracks and then directly after that you've got uh you know the beginning of their maturation with rubber soul and revolver and before that you've got the beatlemania stuff which is hit factory mm. which kind of leaves an album like beatles for sale like with nowhere else to go that's a really interesting point i never thought about it in terms of like the context of the albums that surround it but it's true i think when i when i looked at jazz before and i've heard it before but i i would look at it and i go like you said like oh it's it's no a night at the opera and it comes right next to um uh the game is it hot space sorry hot space uh and... the game is first hot space is after it but yeah other than the flash gordon soundtrack those are the albums surrounding it Right, right, yeah, and you're right. It does, it does kind of color your view of of a particular album. But I mean, for anyone out there who's been a while since you listened to Queen, you want to get back into them, jazz, just just jump in. It's it's a lovely like it's it, what I love about it is it's not only like great musically and interesting, but it's a fun experience. And the pacing of the album's really good. Like as you go through, you just you take it from one place to another without it feeling too jarring. Just I can't say enough good things about it. Also, research the album launch party for that thing because that party is legendary. It's insane. Like, uh, they had oh. to give you an idea of the levels of debauchery. Uh, uh, there was a guy there whose job was to lay under cold cuts of meats. And whenever a guest came up and uh, wanted to pick a piece of meat up and put it on their plate, he'd wiggle himself. And like, yeah, uh, <laughs> the whole meat tray. Oh my god! Like, this is the story. This is the um party where they have the legend of like dwarfs going around with cocaine bowls on their heads. Like, uh, 
and mud there are pictures of mud wrestling just like and like loads of news reporters just around that going like oh what's going on here then <laughs> wow like, research that party it is nuts <laughs> i will oh my god that's so cool um oh that adds to the lore of it even more i love that um oh man yeah i think i'm gonna be in a queen phase for a little while now so yes feel the power grow within you <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, I I was like oh tell Declan I've gotten back into to the album jazz and I thought you'd be like yeah I told you about this years ago <laughs> <laughs> but that's you know typically me uh, but yeah that's a, that's a good album well that's about all we have time for uh, this episode of the Week's on podcast thank you all very much for listening to the show it means a lot that you will tune in every week and you listen if you would like to send in a song you've written in a week or you'd like to send in any comments or thoughts or songwriting tips or anything at all you can email the show at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com you can also find the show on instagram at weeklysongpodcast on youtube by searching weekly song podcast and on facebook under the same name uh i think that's all the things we normally say declan how about you where can people find you and your music online uh well you can find me and my music online by opening up your preferred streaming uh, platform and typing in the words Declan Kitchener. And then it should present you with all of the various musics that I have. Alternatively, you could go to Bandcamp, uh, because it's a lovely thing to support artists, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, (laughs) 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 I believe you can sort of hear the albums on there for free, and then if you like them, pay for them. Um, uh, You can also find me on Instagram, at Camborner, C-A-M-B-O-R-N-E-R. What about you, Roger? What about your music? Where can people find that? <laughs> well, uh, on all the streaming services, by typing Roger Heathers. Um, I'm also on Bandcamp as well. Uh, I'm on Instagram most actively, where I post... I'm kind of like developing a lot of the songs at the moment, and I do lots of video clips and things like that, showing the process of recording. And you can follow me at Roger Heathers. I'm on TikTok at Billy's Courage, and on YouTube and Facebook under Roger Heathers. Uh, also, you and I are in a band called schnookums and we are on instagram at schnookums.band and we have an album coming out very shortly it's going to be very very good uh yeah if you want to follow us on instagram like roger said uh schnookums.band s-e-h-n-o-o-k-u-m-s dot b-a-n-d we have chosen Easy. the worst <laughs> worst uh, <laughs> the worst name for a, a band little... but i love it just a little teaser for those of you who stuck around to the end of the episode. On episode 8 of this season, we are going to be exploring the Schnookums album, which was actually written in February of 2022, uh, when we, we each wrote a batch of songs. We developed them and kind of like uh, split them down 50-50 in terms of songwriting and production, really collaborate on it, and I think it's a piece of work we're both proud of, so um, yeah, definitely I'm keen really to share that. really looking forward to it being released. For sure, for sure. Well, thank you all very much for listening, as I said, and uh, tune in next week for another episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. Ta-ra! Ta-ra! <laughs>